Welcome to episode something something, like 78-ish, I think. We're coming up on 80, I think, if anyone's counting the episodes anymore of Tactical Crouch. I'm back, I'm Kick Tripod, joined by Yiska and Volamel, the famed host, Yiska. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Doing all doing the Lord's work on Monday. Thanks for filling in for me, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, <laughs> it was... It was, it, it was, it was great. interestingly challenging to always keep like the flow in, in in the back of your mind and then like the production and everything while trying to find the points that you want to address. I probably would have needed like a way more preparation and like a notebook to just write down stuff because I felt like a lot of my processing power was just like going towards hosting. So you gotta go. You, sh- sh- you can't tell. Don't tell chat that it's one button really easy. I just coasted. <laughs> call it in. Really isn't. No, really no, isn't. no prep before or after. Just kind of, you know, show up, press a button, wing it. Easy. Yeah. That's that's what we want chat to to think and know. So, well, either way, great job. A lot of people have uh, said really nice things about the show on Monday. So, uh, that's great. Um, nice. We are back though. Uh, for those just tuning in, um, housekeeping. Everybody's favorite. We record live at 11 a.m. Pacific times on Mondays for the recap show and Wednesdays for the preview show. We're also supported by our patrons and our subs and just really kind and nice people. If you want to support the show, you can get cool perks like access to our patron only discord channel invites to game nights and more. Speaking of game nights, we've got one coming up Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific time right here at twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Usually what we do is we kick back, grab a few drinks, play some Quiplash, whatever other games. Uh, I want to play that one-line joke game again. It's pretty funny. Yeah. A lot of fun. So uh, make sure to come hang out with us for that on Friday. Other than that, follow us and send us your thoughts and questions on Twitter at Tactical underscore Crouch. And of course, if you miss the show live, you're hearing it somewhere else. You're like, where else can I listen to this? You can download the podcast anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, YouTube, iTunes, Podcasts uh, Addicts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere. Uh, just search for Tactical Crouch. Other than that, let's get started. Go into the news. News brought to you by our patron producers. Battle Crab Made, Pin Lotion, Charlie L. Audio Compass, and Pork Chop Sammy. That's a lot. That's a lot of patron producers. Y'all are a bunch of badasses. Thank you so much for your support again. That's patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Did you guys talk about race the mayhem? Uh, we did a little bit. Yeah. But okay. uh, never heard to talk more about it. I think. Well, let's review it a little bit then. So Yiska, you and Maid came up with a, a, a fun little competition uh, called race the mayhem where you each uh, committed to certain health goals based on a per mayhem win scale in your case you're losing uh one is it one kilogram one kilogram so like 2.2 pounds roundabout per uh mayhem florida mayhem win yes uh i'm doing that as well i i committed one pound 
per mayhem win, so a little bit less. And uh, Joe, you're doing you threw you into the ring too, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, your boy's been a little thick for too long. Uh, we're trying to get, we're trying to drop some pant sizes, trying to get a, uh, trying to trying to drop some weight. So, uh, yeah, fasting, eating clean, or hitting it hard. Awesome. Well, I uh, yesterday sat down and decided, you know what, we need to band together, brothers and sisters. Brother. And uh, we, we threw up uh, some pretty cool, a, a nice little seal. You can see it on the stream. Uh, got some cool, you can get a like, cool workout shirt, workout tank, a sticker. Bit.ly slash race the mayhem. <coughs> you can go there, check out. There's some pretty cool merch and stuff. It looks pretty cool. I, I like how the, the seal ended up um, coming out. So... It's uh, you don't have to participate in Race the Mayhem to get a shirt, though. If you just want to race the mayhem and get a cool shirt, go ahead and do that. Other than that, though, um, good luck to us all. I don't, I, we haven't really talked about how we're going to track it throughout the season because ultimately it's at the end of the season. It's not like, oh, Mayhem won. Now you I'm trying to make lose. play-ins with my weight. I want to I equate weight loss to <laughs> wins, and then I want to make play-ins. That's the goal. Sure. Sure. Fair. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So unlike Chengdu. Exactly. Ooh. We'll <laughs> we'll keep you updated on um how we're going through all of that. Um we also have a Race the Mayhem channel in Yiska's Discord, discord.me slash Yiska out if you want to get in there, see some motivation. I've been talking with a lot of people about uh, CrossFit. There's some people who are interested there, and I've been doing that for about a little over a year. And so lots of great ways to get in shape in different ways than maybe you're used to or you think you need to. And as always, consult a physician, consult a medical professional in what is healthy for you, whether it's workouts or weight loss goals or whatever. But it's always great to have a community to share your goals with and track yourself with. And from that, uh, you can definitely find that there in that Discord. All right. Let's, oh, yeah, Yiski, you have an Instagram as well, don't you? You set up an, an Instagram just for this. Yes, I, I own the uh, amazing uh, Instagram account, Gym Scrims. So uh, the thing is, I, I'll probably only start uh, with going to the gym next month, starting next month, probably. And before that, I'll probably get into some swimming wanted to see if I find some time tomorrow but definitely this weekend um, and then yeah just uh, post a couple of pictures there maybe some progress I'm debating of like if we just make that like a uh, a community account and if you you're to the gym and you're participating in race of mayhem then you just like send me the pictures and I'll just get them up there sweet all right that's it that's enough of our PSAs. Again, bit.ly slash race the mayhem. But we do want to get into uh, the upcoming week. We're going into week three of the Overwatch League. A little, definitely very light last week, only four matches. Uh, a little, still a little bit lighter week this week. Uh, only six matches over the weekend. Going to Washington, D.C. <laughs> And because I was kind of gone Monday and some other things, I do want to hear Joe Yiska just kind of like your thoughts on, do you think any plans on seeing any changes here? Are there anything that you expect to see differently? We, these are all teams that we've seen 
play at least once. So we there no surprises that you're expecting. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a surprise, I suppose. No, I don't think so. Um, I think Brig might see a small increase, but I think the teams that are already playing it probably will keep playing it. Um, but yeah, there again. I think everything's just going to say the same. I think everybody kind of knows what they want to play. Um, and it just kind of depends on what what iteration of the team shows up. Like if they're on their game, then they're just going to stick to what they've been playing. And if not, you know, could vary. But yeah, I don't think anything's going to change week by week. So then going into this next week, Yiska, there's, you know, we're, we're seeing these same teams now for at least the second time, if not the third time. Um, is there anything in particular without getting into like specific matchups that you're going to be looking at from any of these teams, uh, you know, kind of see, I know for me, like really watching London, they had really polarizing performances where they seemed to have one that was, I don't know, kind of like, Oh, this team, this team can hang. And then, you know, they get three owed by it was Paris. Right. And then you're like, Oh, maybe this team isn't very good. Uh, is there anything like that you're looking for to kind of solidify? Yeah. Um, so one thing I'm, I'm definitely looking at is just like due to like we we had a prior understanding of what they look like, or at least I had in terms of like what I believe to be like a power level that's representative of their performance. And um, then, of course, like the actual matches then are a heavy factor where you reevaluate. now with these next matches coming in like currently like you don't have that much to go on but like i feel like a lot of those teams like for instance uh, new york excelsior against fusion that gives us um, an idea of hierarchy right uh paris against washington that's a hierarchy game so we got a lot of these games where we can when you when you divide the 20 teams into groups of four I think currently, like we can say, okay, good, bad, and then something in between, maybe. Um, but because of how the matches fall next week, I think we will have a more granular uh, or like more uh, or a better understanding where those uh, power levels lie. Unless, and that is still a distinct possibility for me, there are uh, matchup um, specific idiosyncrasies where like maybe a lesser team plays better against a good team because they match up well against them something like that that probably won't be answered by the data we will get from next weekend but otherwise i think we'll get a much clearer picture cool well i'm excited and i'm really excited about this first match which is going to be between it's actually our match of the week and it's the first match of the whole the whole thing we're in washington dc for this one so the washington justice do have the the seventh man yiska they've got the seven mm -hmm. man the seventh man with them on their team but the match of the week is going to yeah. be the new york excelsior versus the philadelphia fusion if you've been watching, or if you haven't been watching the last two weeks, the uh, both of these teams walked walked away undefeated, only dropping one map in each of their two games, or between their two games total. So as we go into week three, Joe, uh, who do you think has the upper hand going into uh, this match? We've seen we've seen 
interesting looks from both teams for sure. Yeah, I think New York in general, uh, I, I came out of week one with New York kind of seeing their their progress, their new coaching staff, their new players. Like I, I this isn't the same old New York, the same old tired passive New York. They, they do want to be a little bit more proactive. I do expect them to kind of come out and play some weird stuff, um, depending on the maps. Like we could see more dive, um, horizon, temple, stuff like that. But it, it, again, I think it's going to be a stylistic matchup where Philly is still kind of like planting their feet and saying, no, we're going to play Poco. We're going to play a fair amount of Arisa still, at least on, you know, Sunday, they didn't play as much of it, but you know, still a good amount on control. Um, but, but yeah, generally like, Kind of the innovators versus like kind of standard play in Philly, um, and and that's where I I kind of have to give a skeptical hippo eye at uh, at New York here because there's a lot of there's a lot of trying going on with New York. They're trying, you know, Zarian control. They're they're playing a little bit more dive. If Philly can answer those questions, what what does New York look like? And also, where is Libera? You know. Like this kid has been an absolute stud for two years. And now we're playing Who Are You? Who both through the eye test and at least statistically isn't really performing. True. I it's it's a little weird. Apparently that's that was going on and that's you know how they've been practicing. So I, you know, obviously you want to kind of stick to your guns and, and what you've been practicing, but yeah, I, I really don't I don't see New York taking this. I'd be interested in seeing how close it is because that's still kind of up in the air for me because New York is also a team that, you know, I wouldn't say struggled in putting away London, but, you know, dropped the map and control was close. That doesn't really lend a whole lot of security for me, a lot of confidence. Um, we can we can talk about day one jitters, you know, it's the first game. I I, I give you that. Then they beat up on Boston, so that's really not like a case point. Now they have to play a arguably top five team right now. Granted, we haven't seen a ton of a ton of play from Philly, but on paper they look stellar. So what do they look like now? I think this is going to be a big litmus test for both teams, but especially New York. Fair enough. I I, I do. Huh. So do you think that any of this? Like this is maybe the conspiracy, the conspiracy or skeptic. Oh, should that, I get my tinfoil? Yeah, there's there's a few <laughs> things that are really interesting about week one. Number one, uh, who are you? Mm. Actually, I need to double check this. Who are you? Just came of age over the off season, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah so, sure. um, fre- fresh blood. They're the teams that they were playing. While they aren't necessarily bad teams, well, b- you could argue Boston is, but. I don't think, and what do you think? Like there was some just confidence there to like, you know what? Let's give who, who are you the look? He's young. So. People I, are excited to see him. We're not going to drop these games. We're in New York for the opening. Like let's just let's just give him the time. Mm. No, I I pretty sure who are you was seeing a good amount of play. Um, even in the preseason, which surprised me. Yeah, um, a lot of time in scrims. That's the biggest uh, theory that speaks against yeah. him just being a right, like a kind style. of like a style pick. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think there might have been some confidence, especially with like how 
I mean, it's it's tough to say because it's so we haven't seen them not we like again, we haven't really seen them play against like a difficult team. Like London came in, there's a lot of questions there. We still really don't know how to feel about them. Um, at least I don't. I won't speak for everybody. Um and yeah, this 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 is where I'm gonna start to see. Like we've seen them play against, you know, a middle of the pack team in London, you know, Boston obviously being in the bottom two. Now we get to see them play against people who kind of should give them a run for their money so uh, yeah this this will just be like a test for them if they can if they can beat them then i'm i'm all on board but i think this is going to be a, a a tough task to put philly away interesting get, who has the upper hand for you i for me and excel um i think the fusion looked way more vulnerable uh in their matches than uh especially against washington then um sure then the yeah. excelled it they could have easily lost control the first if carpe doesn't decide to uh just like take over the last set map those were very close um i think uh generally that there were some jitters in that i feel like fusion wasn't playing up to their level just yet um in the first match and then look more confident in the second one like uh, we talked about it a little bit in the uh in the review show that it it seemed like especially like the back line needed to find themselves a little bit and then it looked like much more dominating uh, against um the mayhem of course like these guys are um rookies so I, a game is fine like to to not be at 100 so i think this will be an amazing match for for sure um, I just wonder how cohesive of a of a fight they will put up against the NYXL. And while I don't agree with the betting odds just now, but it's not far, far away. I would say 60% NYXL. What are the odds? 65-35 NYXL. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think... I think there is there is a lot there are there are legs to stand on with that argument from from Saturday of last week. You know, Philly did did look shaky. Like there there's there's an argument to be made that they probably shouldn't have won that match against Justice. Um they probably didn't deserve it after that Temple of Anubis absolute throw um and, mm -hmm. and just sloppy play overall. Yeah, I, I, I would say that Justice could have easily beaten them. But I yeah. think they looked like a different team coming in to Sunday. I think they sure. completely just dispatched Florida. That could be a stylistic matchup sure. because we know that Florida, you know, is, is running an, an interesting back line. So there's there's room for that. But I, I saw a lot of improvement um, specifically kind of deviating, deviating away from how much Arisa they've been playing. And I, I think that that's probably for the best. It could be map dependent. I'm not entirely too sure just yet, but I hope it's not. Um, not to say that Arisa is bad, but I think she's more... Um, more more dependent than I think people are giving her credit for. So, sure. um, yeah, I, I I I'm pretty confident in Philly here. I I'd be interested to see. It'll be a close match either way, but I think Philly's got this pretty pretty good. So mm. we we did see some uh, surprise roster changes. I think from both teams. Uh, yep. Philadelphia mm. Fusion. We saw Poco. No Fury. I for me that was surprising. I, I understand Poco's diva is still good yeah mm -hmm. uh but i don't know it's fury yeah it is bizarre and I, 
yeah. struggle to come up with like excuses on why they're not you know it could be a lot of different things but oh, we have no idea to be completely honest could be could be communication could be that poco does something intangible for the team that fury just can't i have not a clue on why you wouldn't play him and and i think that that kind of goes to so uh you know no fury we saw ivy over eqo which is less surprising to me except um for the fact mm. that he was their may main in stage four right sure. um so we we know eqo played a ton of may iv i don't believe played a ton of may uh, if i remember looking no. correctly so but again uh, we could say at the very least toronto left ID, I, iv pretty underutilized i think you could say he left him out in the cold oh and that's uh <laughs> that's a crickets that's a oh this thing isn't working Boo. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, just kind of weird uh, little quirks that, yeah. I mean, I think we we expected probably not to see Sabi Olby the full time. I think that made sense. But no Libero. I don't think that was uh, what we expected either. Um, so, Joe, for you, do you think the fusion with Poco is the best look for them right now with this meta? I think for the style that they want to play and what they've been practicing, um, that's kind of how I'm theorizing why they're playing so much Poco is that they want to play a race on control. They want to play a race on certain like hybrid point A's and certain two CP point A's and point B's. Um, and he, that's kind of how they've, or what homework they've given Poco is like, okay, you need to learn Arisa. This is what, you know, the, the scrim meta has been. It's starting to kind of dwindle. It's starting to go away with how powerful and how aggressive divas can be. I think that power dynamics going to shift and maybe next week, maybe week after or you know, the third or fourth game that Philly plays, we should see Fury start to rotate in. And obviously meta changes in hero pools come in at that point. So um, this just could be temporary. They could be competing for starting spots. Um, it is it is bizarre, right? Like I, I, I can't understate that. Like Fury is a, a sick sick player but i think just for the style that they're aiming to play for the practice they've put in i would imagine that they've probably played with poco a little bit more because of the arisa and because of that that's why they're playing him so yeah, yeah. also like what this told me and that's kind of interesting so let me first introduce a concept to the listeners there's a phenomenon in overwatch and it's as old as european overwatch and it's called the French Mafia. <laughs> the French Mafia is basically once one French individual, either coach or player, knows anything, the entire hive mind of French players knows everything. Now, if you guys recall, like, um, Poco made like a tweet and asked like, who am I going to see at the arena? La la la. And Hib replied, the bench. Now, that implies to me that <laughs> that Poco is not part of the French Mafia, which is quite interesting. But because otherwise, they would have already, you know, telepathically known that he was going to play. Unless it was a debate, in which case, French Mafia, you're smarter than I am. <laughs> you never know with the French Mafia, man. They're sneaky. Sneaky. Daya. That's a, that's a really yes. Yeah, so that's really interesting. I think, yeah. I 
I'm surprised. I'm, it's so funny. Our Twitch chat right now is like, my fantasy is in shambles because I picked Fury. I've had him in. He was my first pick. And I was like, oh, no. Was he your first pick? Yes. <laughs> I was like, there's no way Philly doesn't play Fury. Yeah. Give me Fury. Give me Flutta. Oh, crap. Coronavirus. My yeah, this was this was a rough fantasy week for me. Chris, and I had fate. I'm like, dude, fate can't lose. Like he's got to play Ryan. Doesn't play. Plays one game of a race, so I don't even get like the 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 handicap fifty points. I got thirteen points from fate. Christopher and Yeah have a one fingered message for you. I can't yeah, really. I can't yeah. play it for you right now, but <laughs> I'm sure you can read between the, one the lines and salute. slide it out. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So. Any- I- yeah. Any anyone with egg EQ in chat also oh, like <laughs> <laughs> See, that that one's tough oh, because there's man. so many DPS on Philly. It's just like eh, I mean Carpe's you know probably the best bet, but everybody else is like I don't even know if you're gonna see play. So well, we are yeah. seeing some really, and I, I like this. We are seeing different players on different yeah, maps, true. and and that's totally. I think that that's great. I think that's mm. honestly a healthier version of the game. Yeah, but not. F- fury it's bizarre <laughs> like, just not no, fury. Like, I, I don't know uh, oh no lilac is like I, <laughs> I mean i i i wouldn't have picked liberal right away i would just say that i'm fair i probably would have i mean i i would have later on but i would have i would yeah. imagine he wouldn't go past like three or four rounds before being yeah picked. yeah yeah so anyways come to my fantasy ted talk sometime uh (laughs) so this good for you before we kind of move on here you're you believe nyxl are gonna win this by about a a, a 10 percent spread or i guess 20 percent spread 60 40 yeah like for me on my in my mind uh philly is the game with the higher peaks and valleys and nyxl just like they they got a little bit more volatile in their level, I think, yeah. through Who Are You and Hotba. Um, but I think generally, like, I I think, for instance, um, Nene or Sebiobi can't quite take a game over like Kape can yep. if he's on. Sure. Um, I think Hotba probably has a little bit more breakup potential than Poco. That's that that's the you know, anti-volatile thing. If they have playing some wild picks, I think uh, DPS pools are equally deep in both rosters. That would actually, if that starts happening and like, if the match starts and we're rolling out on control and they have like weird DPS picks and it's like Libero and Nene of, on the one side and then like he's no, he still can't be, but he can't play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sadly, but you got like, like EQO and EQO Ivy. Yeah. yeah. And like Genji Trace or something that, that I'm, that I'm hyped that I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you actually kind of answered my question. So I don't even need, you know, whatever. It's good for it. <laughs> Uh, Joe, what about for you though? So on the you're you're the lone Philadelphia Fusion pick here. Yeah. To yeah, win, yeah. which is, you know, again, not abnormal for the show. You pick against Yiska and I basically I'm the I'm the uh the the death the deciding vote. The, the death reaper. What is, oh my god, why can't I the Grim Reaper. Jeez. Oh. Could not remember. I'm <laughs> the, the Grim Reaper, reaper. for <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know what he's I'm the Grim Reaper for these picks because uh, I always side against you, mm. it seems like, and you end up getting those picks right whenever I do. I mean, I got gladiators wrong week one. Come on now. 
So I mean, I'm just just saying. We'll see. I don't know. It's like like we've we've iterated. Like it's going to be close. I th- I'm pretty sure. Like I don't think anybody's going to. It's like oh, one team is going to smash unless you're like you know Reddit Flare is NYXL or either Philly, right? Like Flare checks out, but this should be close. I just have it. You know the 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 odds flipped. I think it's sixty forty philly for a lot of the same reasons so if, if you're if you're christopher this weekend you're preparing uh-huh. for nyxl let's get coach volnell in here for a second what are you most concerned about what's your biggest weakness against a, an nyxl roster i think depending on the maps we we haven't seen philly and i can't imagine philly's been playing a lot of this in scrims they haven't really been playing against dive all that much and new york has shown a tip a propensity to play dive on certain maps whether it's horizon whether it's temple um we saw you know hanamura and blizzard world come out for some dive so it's there's a possibility that that could be thrown at you and i think that preparing the players as best you can and giving them like proper game plans to counter that whether it be different hero picks or you know a different allocation of resources um would be where i would be the most the most uh worried about i don't think the aggression from new york can't be matched i think philly day two looked really a strong aggressive team not like overly aggressive like a valiant where gigs just going in across ponds and mouse wanting all the way back to his team but it's calculated sato looks very very strong obviously mono's no slouch either but both teams did kind of uh go a little bit overly aggressive so i think in general it's just marking the dive making sure you have an answer for it and uh, executing on that. Other than that, yeah, I think they can beat them in the the head to head. And uh, yeah, I got Philly. Philly looks good. I'm I'm very very excited. Sweet. Well, that's our match of the week for ma- uh, week three. Can't wait to watch it. Definitely one to miss. Probably the best match we- we've had in Overwatch League so far. Yeah. Uh, at least on paper at a time. Uh, let's go into our match of the week. W E A K, and that is going to be the, <laughs> the the Houston Outlaws versus the Boston Uprising. Oh, sorry, I don't think Dreams in here, but man, sorry I had to do that. Do you dirty there? The Houston Outlaws and Boston Uprising both have had really rough starts. I don't think that the Uprising rough start was super surprising. They played NYXL when they opened up. And, uh, you know, they're largely rated to be last in the league. However, the Houston Outlaws, there's a lot of optimists, including some of us on the show, were optimistic about the uh, Houston Outlaws. And they didn't take a map in Philadelphia. And it did not look very good. So the, the battle of the bottom is what this essentially becomes so far. Man, just unfortunate. So, Yiska, in your mind, where are these two teams right now failing? Where other teams are are doing, I would say, relatively well. I don't think anybody else stands out as a quote-unquote bad team right now. And I know bad is a very generalized term and I'll probably get schooled in, in in linguistics on using that. But let's just say that Houston and Boston have 
put themselves in a tier of their own so far of the teams that have played at the bottom of the team uh, at the bottom of the league, I would say. So what do you what do you think um, separates them? So let's start with Houston. So of course, like I was ex as surprised as everyone else because, like as it stands, I, I reached out to a couple of teams that are apparently screaming Houston. They all said that they weren't this bad in, in the preparation for this match, uh, especially like the first one against uh, the Washington Justice. It was um, like there was just no cohesion, and certainly some of it is down to flu. Um, not all of it can be ascribed to that, but there was definitely a lack of um, um, team cohesion and execution of their game plans. Um, and I will also say there was no outstanding DPS player that clutched it out for them, like, for instance, a DK could on a lesser team like uh, Fuel, if you want to call them a lesser team. Um, yeah, I think that's that's also the reason why I think that Houston will take this match because they are they are underperformance from the information that I uh, have available to me was an underperformance. It wasn't an a performance up to par what they've been able to play in the preseason. Now, if they continue to play like this, and we have to keep in mind, flus don't go away, especially if you travel a lot and cannot sleep and after scrim. So that problem isn't solved next week, but or next weekend. But um, if they don't improve, of course, I will have to uh, readjust my evaluation because then, like your prior, of, of course, it means nothing anymore. And then you have to work with that. For Boston, they don't have star power and they don't look like a uh, cohesive and decisive units like other teams are. Like something that uh, stood out to me for Washington was Washington was a at least surprising. They are once again like, hmm, which team was like this last year? Like a little bit like Titans this style or in season one Philly, where they take you to fights that you didn't expect them to take. Where they just like at weird times will just like run into you almost like. Everyone's like has like these rules of engagement, so to speak, in terms of like, okay, this is the wall and this is the next step. And once this is cleared and we and just like boost into it. I think Houston was trying to do that as well. Um, but couldn't execute it uh sufficiently. I think they lacked a lot of aggression. Wasn't particularly fond of their rotations either, especially against Mayhem. They gave up um Valuable posi position points on, especially Iconwalls. I, I remember like uh, giving BQB the um, upper hand against Blase frequently. So, a you don't have a an like a transcendental talent on hitscan like some other teams have, like XDI, Decay. But you also don't have um, you don't give them a better or easier time by giving them better positioning. So if they can improve upon that, I I looked at the replays. I don't think even the Brig Lucio was particularly a problem. I would have liked to see how that pans out when it happens. Because one thing that Mayhem did was they just had Chris sit on BQB the entire time and therefore favorably trade. And there's only so much you can do when you're caught out with your pants down 
as a single McCree, right? So, um, yeah, overall, this is, I think, a, again, a 60-40 for Houston. Does it not surprise you to have not seen Linkser at all being kind of like he's he's the he in in season one he was the anti-widow right he was the the widow maker who while he wasn't leading in stats he shut down the other team's widow maker and when you have uh maps like junkertown uh king even king's row to to a lesser extent isn't that Joe somebody that you want to or were expecting to see or did you think that blase was the right play no, I kind of had this kind of Linkser's meta. I assumed that he would come in um, and do very well on Hitscan, and I assumed Blase was probably going to be their May. I didn't expect Hydration to fill that role as much as he is, and if he was, then it could have been kind of like a Poco area where he's playing May on some maps, but on certain points they want to run something else, and that's why Hydration is played on those maps. He can he can flex to other heroes. He can play something else. He could, you know, swap roles. Obviously, you can't do that in the game. I don't think. But um, yeah, I, in general, the DPS pool for Houston should be a lot bigger. And currently, it doesn't feel like it. Um, the fact that they're not running Widow on Havana is a little weird. Um, even on like Junker. Did we see them play oh. Junker Town? Uh, they outlaws played Junker Town against the Justice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the aim god like on a flank. Yes, the the yeah. flank. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We we saw a little bit of Blase Widow, but immediately kind of swapped off it. So it's, I think it's, I don't know. To be completely honest, I don't know if they're trying to find their feet, so they're sticking to one comp. I I I I'm not sure. Uh, also, it's real talk, so. like as much as Linksa was the anti Widow. In season one, Linksa was always also the anti-Linksa, for being honest. Like, he uh, was always an inconsistent player, and that goes back to... Yeah, okay, Linksa's one right Okay. Uh, <laughs> this goes back to, like, Dignitas, right? D yes. Like, even before that creation stuff, yeah. like, where sometimes, like, at TakeOver 1, he was already, like, belting people's heads off, and at the e next day, like, just, like, having... Um, Maybe I don't know if it's nerf issues or what it is. Like inconsistency is not, not, not as transparent. But confidence is certainly a thing, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's a problem that I'm not sure. Like that needs to be addressed if you want this player to play. Like you got to give him confidence somehow. And I'm not sure if that's on the coaching stuff necessarily, even though that's part of their job. Yeah. But um, also on himself, and then maybe. Like, you know, we've we've seen stuff like in esports, if people are familiar with the Astralis transformation, where mm -hmm. a team that notoriously um, tilted in high pressure situations now became that actually became their most one of their most valued aspects now that they're just like rock solid and un untiltable in in most situations and the same is true for instance og in dota 2 what do they have in common the same performance coach uh i think her name is mia stelberg or something i'm probably mispronouncing the name but like just got, 
I'm not sure if they have a performance coach, but that would be something like at least consultancy I would pr maybe look at and have him do if he's not participating in scrims much anyway. Um, and then slowly incorporate him maybe. Um, possible that I'm talking out of pocket here and they're already doing that stuff or um, they have reshuffled their hero pole where it's no longer required. But it certainly seems like in the build-up of this team, like if you... If you say May and if you say Widow, you say Linkser for Beast and Outlaws. And does, that doesn't seem to, to be the most advantageous decision for them right now. So, I think with a same, like with a similar kind of mind frame going into like League of Legends, I think you could kind of see in, in, a, in a weird way, Linkser's career might kind of replicate Golden Glues, where he, you know, is obviously has potential. But just constantly just not playing up to his potential on like the big stages where he goes into like the, the the lower amateur seasons and gets pretty far, but drops the big match, then goes to Korea, trains a whole bunch, you know, fits up, comes back and and looks like a, a starting mid laner, like a, a solid mid lane, you know, player. I if if I were I don't know the whole situation, right? I'd like to see Linkser kind of almost emulate Timo here and say, okay. You know what? I need I need some time away. I need to figure out what I want to do. Do some soul searching if you want to play. Okay, fine. Build up some confidence in in contenders. Maybe maybe the owl stage is too much right now. Go away. Build up your confidence. Get some play time in and see where it takes you. Because I'll it's also, it's it's obvious he has he's good, right? Yeah. It's obvious like he should be playing, at least historically. You know, looking at his performance. So it's 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 not a play thing. I don't think. Yeah, it's also being a person that experiences a lot of anxiety and uh, maybe even uh, panic. I feel like, and I've done so in my life, and I felt like in in hindsight, it was more an opportunity to, than anything else. Perhaps I'm one of the privileged cases where it was possible for me to es escape that um, that mindset, but. I've for like when I came out of it and learned to control it, it felt like a superpower. Like I knew exactly like, okay, this is, this is like, I'm standing on the, the edge of the cliff. I mm. could fall down and I could succumb to anxiety. I could succumb to panic. Um, or this is where I go. And then I just turn around and now I know how to deal with that beast that it can never sneak up on me. I knew exactly where it is, right? So once you find that out, you in many situations become aware of it and become uh, immune to that very emotion or can deal with it in different parts. And I think that should be embraced for every competitor or person overall. And I think uh, if, if Linkser can master himself there, then he has the future in the Overwatch League. If not, then... Probably not, we have to say, honestly. To kind of translate for all the gamers out there that don't, you know, are, are on that same wavelength, what he's saying is you need to scrim your emotions. That's it. <laughs> it's Fair just enough. about learning how you feel and then how to kind of, like you said, step back from it. Which is interesting because <laughs> did you guys see the ninja tweet from this morning or yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. <sighs> I don't, I think don't I understand the gripe. So okay. the let's let me find it really quick and just like yeah. bring everybody up to speed for a second because sure. 
the fra- the the tweet is the phrase it's just a game is such a weak mindset you are okay with what happened losing imperfection of a craft when you stop getting angry after losing you've lost twice yeah. there's always something to learn and always room for improvement never settle uh yeah so that was the tweet i think part of it was taken out of context i think part of it was i think applying so. a competitive mindset yeah, yeah. to yeah playing a game like there's a very yeah. difference between there's a big difference between me playing mccree on sure. junker town and linkser or whatever or widowmaker or sure. like but it, it's i just find it very interesting how those those seem to i don't i don't want to say they conflict but they definitely i think represent two different viewpoints about that competitive mindset that you know Yiska, you're talking about this centering, knowing those, I think it's correct here to say, knowing those triggers that cause you to, to tilt or to get in bad uh, emotional spaces or mental spaces. I think I had much more, and you probably didn't see that clip of him saying that, pretty much the same, but he added on something that I vehemently disagree with. My conception of this is, is this is his tool to improve. That doesn't need to be your tool to improve, like this feeling of inadequacy and like feeling of like anger fueling you. You can have other fuels. That works. What I disliked specifically about his statement, other than the ambiguity and definitely like the vast room of interpretation that people have used to say something that he obviously didn't mean. But what he said was in the clip was, if you are not getting mad, you're a bad person. You're lazy. And that is categorically false. That works for you, and that might be how you work, but it's definitely not like how the average person has to find the motivation in themselves and then figure out, okay, what actually works for me as a motivator, right? Like, do I need the insecurity? Do I need the the feeling of security, of knowing, okay, if I have a good day, if I have a bad day, in the middle, there's still me and I'm not influenced by any of the values or like uh, bad or good news. But the core of me is still there and still valuable and still has everything that I need. There's there's other things where you just chip away at your own performance, right? Like where you go about self-improvement and don't look at other people. Some people need specifically, like if you look at the super clips, it's like... Well, the real reason for me, and he might be have been memeing a little bit with that clip, but he goes like, the real reason to be competitive is like, you don't want to beat your opponent. You want to destroy them. You want to leave them on the battlefield thinking we could have n- done nothing else and uh, to win this match. Whatever your drive is, is valid uh, as long as you don't inflict it upon others and like disadvantage them in any yeah. way. But... Yeah, that part of his argument I heavily disliked. Other than the ambiguity, I think a lot of people took it too far to mean like I don't know, like when I'm sitting on the toilet and playing Farmville. Yeah, I, like that, that's not, of course, not the application here, right? So, yeah, yeah, I love taking things to extremes and slightly out of context, if not completely out of context. It's great. What would gaming be without it? You know. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe. I didn't get a side from you though. Who, who walks away with the win between Boston and Houston? 
I think this is a lot. I, I think this is like marginally closer for me um, when compared to Yeska. Um, I do think on a healthy day, Outlaws should be able to beat this Boston team pretty easily. Unfortunately, I don't know that you get over the flu that quickly, like like was previously mentioned, especially with flying and whatnot. So I think it's going to be kind of a a, a question of who just messes up less. And I still have to give that to Houston, but I, I think this is going to be a a a fiesta of sorts. This is this is going to be messy. This is going to be again just whoever can muster up the strength on the day to 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 kind of put the other out. And in that same vein, these are these are this is a must win for either of these teams. Like if Boston wants to turn around their narrative, they have to be Houston. If Houston wants to salvage their narrative, they have to be Boston. Yes. Because if not, I think you can kiss your 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 stocks away. You can kiss the fans. You can yeah. you can talk about morale, especially when you're sick. Like it's rough. That's that's tough to bring people back into the fold and say, no, we can we you have to stay bought in. Like we have the plan in place like this is just you know circumstantial either way you know we talk about mineral we talk about a harsh and dream both of these both of these your uh both of these coaching kind of philosophies are kind of up for grabs the one thing that's i think really interesting to me is i feel like one of these teams needs to win decisively otherwise they both <laughs> still end up looking bad if it goes to five maps all that says Fair. is that they're very yeah. close to bottom tier teams yeah. Right. Versus a three zero one side or another, it's a lot easier to go. Okay, Houston had a bad, a bad start. Boston had a bad start. They played NYXL in New York for the season yeah. opener. Uh, so I, the funny thing is, is I'm gonna be really interested to see how the how the narratives get crafted based on the final score on that because I can very much see, basically the the results meaning nothing if it ends up going to five. Well, for me, it's just like Boston isn't probably trying to prove they're a mid-tier team. They're trying to prove that they're not the worst team. Just by beating Houston, that would already say something. I agree completely. Houston needs to stomp here. In order, unless like Boston visibly looks better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to be a convincing sentiment, especially with a second match. Probably also not going in their favor. Um, but then again, like... Uh, we'll see. I, it's the fourth game. There's definitely things to turn around, but um, the, few, the flu being still in that team doesn't have me that excited either. It's a it's a really unfortunate situation for everyone involved. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. All right, we got to keep moving through these. I think we've got one more really interesting match to talk about, and then I think we can kind of jump through that uh, through mm -hmm. the rest of these. So, match number three. Is going to be the Paris Eternal versus the Washington Justice in Washington, D.C. Let's just re-add that. Another uh, thing to note is, um, well, actually, hold on. Let me, let's, let's not go there just yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, both of these teams, I would say, had better to slightly better than expected season openers. Paris Eternal lost a close one to Toronto Defiant before sweeping the Spitfire 3-0, to zero, uh, which I don't think uh, many saw happening. On the flip side, the Washington Justice lost a close one to the Fusion before sweeping the Outlaws 3-0. to zero. So both teams did quite well. A lot of people are already squeaking Justice up pretty high after their performances here. Um, 
Joe, who do you think uh, has the upper hand going into this match? This is another interesting one because we're kind of seeing, you know, Paris receive a, a minor patch update. You know, they're getting hot fixed with with Hanbin kind of coming into the fold. And I think that opens them up to a much wider variety of styles. And kind of I think we have to kind of soft reset how we think about Paris, because even without Hanbin. Is Hanbin not look- eligible? He's eligible this no. week, though, right? He's eligible, yes, this match. So he will he will debut more than likely against Washington. That's why it, it's pretty interesting to me because we kind of have to soft reset that. And even going back to week one or their first matches, they didn't look horrible. It was it was messy. FD God was a standout. Nico looked solid on May. They obviously could only play like one style, and they brought out Sigma and kind of tilted London. I think. That was kind of up in the air. Sure. So I'm I'm willing to give Paris a little bit of ben- like a little bit of the benefit of, of the doubt here. I think this might be closer than what people expect. I think people are way too high on Washington. Like I don't I don't see it. I think they're like if we're going to talk about how Paris was one dimensional, Washington really only found fight wins when Corey could get value on flanks. Yeah. Roar didn't look solid. Ellie Vote was fine. Um, aim God was fine-ish, but again, I think there's there's problems there, especially with his Temple of Anubis flanks. Like, why not just die? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I think Paris can come into this if we're going to see their coaching staff succeed. I think I think they're going to dismantle Washington. Um, but I don't see that necessarily happening, especially this early on. But I'll give a 60-40 Paris vote. I think Paris has enough to squeak by the justice here at home. All right. I I also believe that Paris is going going to squeak this one by. I think it's again, it's very close. I like but, this. But I think I think, and there's one thing that really stood out to me, um, because I think of Corey very much as like a, a decay in the sense that sure. if you shut down Corey. Or you shut down Decay. What did LA Valiant do? What did NYXL do? They shut down Decay. They made his day a nightmare. What ended up happening? They they lost their matches. Even though Decay is still, you know, he 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 popped off or whatever. He still he still somehow found ways to kind of shine through that. But but still, to your point, they made his life a nightmare. But you you find a way to 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 sit on Corey. I think you find a yep. way to beat the Justice, and I think that yep. Paris is a good enough team to do that. And so, hopefully, I think fingers crossed. I I think it can be done. Um, and I think I I, I don't I'm I'm not a coach, so I, I don't think I can go much more in depth than that without sounding like an absolute uh idiot. But I think I think that they can do it. I think uh, FD God has given a lot of people a lot of issues, especially um, the uh, DPS players specifically. He's kind of gotten up. He got up into uh, who was it on London uh, Glister's face quite a bit. Yeah, made made his day really tough. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but I think, uh, Paris eternal are, are going to look good. Assuming that Hanbin doesn't somehow make them look worse. Or he just doesn't see I mean, play. Like if he just doesn't, if he's not on the server, then I, I 
I don't know. I, then that's well, I think that's the question. I think that is the guiding question: is yeah. are they planning with Hanbin? Because if they didn't, if they did plan with Hanbin, that mean meant that they only played uh, the double shield tank stuff for one week, only scrimp for that, and then beforehand scrimp mostly with Diva, knowing that okay, let's forget about the first week match, and then like play our best strategy uh starting week two yeah. or oh, three in this case right or for them the second uh second match so so depending on how you think that goes i think it's i think it's definitely better to play a diva against cory on the flank um i think we've seen some performances some great performances by um divas shutting down very performance decrease like i'm thinking of bernard against nene um so it can be done and i think it won't be done i think the washington justice is favored here um i think i'm not sure how much value or how much uh practice the paris eternal would have gotten and i'm sure they it, exclusively scrimmed with a double shield tank comp initially Sure. Uh, in the last week, and then this week, they um, probably didn't. So, wait, was there? Am I misremembering? Did they play? What? Wait, did they play week one or two? <laughs> they played um, week one. They played Toronto in the opener and London on Sunday. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, so they're one and one. They're one and one. Um, my question. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that that's a lot of lot of time. I think. Uh -huh. Ah, that's actually no. Like the fact that they had one more week, an extra week that you're not kind of assuming yeah, you're yeah. calculating for. Yeah, no. Then it's Paris, I think. Then it's Paris. Okay. So yeah, for a I'm, moment, I'm for a moment, go back to go back to Washington. You know, put your Washington cap back on. Yeah. If we stop Corey, who? What is your win condition? Uh, as as Washington. Yeah. Protect uh, the hell out of Corey and support him on the flanks. Maybe they're doing some of their own brick stuff. Maybe they're doing other stuff where the, with sidelines where Corey is uh, more supported. It, it wasn't the case, by the way, for instance, against the fusion where Corey a lot of the times was looking for these 1v1s, just doesn't work that well against Carpe. Yeah. And um, like sometimes. Um, I love it was with him, which totally. uh, definitely helped as well. Like I think that team just puts a lot of resources in Corey. Um, if there are adjustments to that strategy, and uh, also it would be interesting to see how much tape is usable for them from the Paris games because of their double shield tank, tank comp. No, yeah, I think a lot of that speaks against um, Justice here. With the exception that they will get more practice this week, will have more access to general tape, how everyone's playing those comps, will be able to use it more efficiently because they have more practice time playing at home. You ready? Access. Yeah. Paris has one game this weekend. Sure. Washington has two. But at home. Yeah, but... Unlimited, yes, they get to play at home. Unlimited, unlimited practicing practice. facilities. <laughs> And that unlimited practice hopefully is going to be put to good use because London, they have to prepare for London, which is not an easy matchup. That's not something you can just sleep on because we've London doesn't look horrible, right? 
and neither does Paris. So you're putting in double the effort. Paris only has to prepare for you. And they get a buff from Hanbin and XEI can still pop off like we saw him, you know, week one. Looks very, very good. This is not going to be easy for justice. And I think that okay. the kind of deck is stacked against them. Can I go on a quick tangent to just get our clip out yeah. for the, for the day for and then? Yeah. Okay. You already know the story, but speaking of uh, permanent practice or a lot of practice, there's one team, the Atlanta Reign, that went above and beyond, I think. And it's a great idea. So last year they had like a sprinter where, uh, where they transported players from from their home whatever to um to the venue now they repurposed that sprinter put f 12 ppa pcs so like very good pcs into that put 12 chairs into that overwatch league standard put 12 tables into that overwatch league standard height and depth and they're going to drive them around and the atlanta rain will rent out airbnbs offering them to upgrade the internet so they can permanently scrim at the location and will not have the issues, for instance, that the shock faced when we had that violet street. I thought that was a genius idea that will allow them to just get so much more practice in. Um, I heard they are not doing it for every uh, home stand, of course, not doing it for the one Europe stand that they're doing. But generally, I think that is actually like, that's more than a small advantage. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't, I actually didn't know that it was like a, an actual vehicle. I thought I thought they were just they just had a kit and they were gonna box it up and ship it around. No, they so. have a driver and everything. Yeah, I think I think the kit, you know, shipping it around probably makes a little bit more sense. Like, I don't know if you've ever driven on the road before, but people are kind of idiots. So that's one accident away of being out of about five thousand dollars, give or take. Um, and then your your whole plans just kind of kaput. Granted, you could say the same thing about, you know, shipping things on planes and whatnot and trusting, you know, the 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 airfare gods. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's insanely like that's what teams should be doing if they want to win. Like if you're if you're just not interested in winning and you kind of want to just play well and market. OK, fine. You don't have to do that. But if you're shooting for a title. That this is this type of stuff you should be doing. If you want to be shooting for a title and you know that you're going to be traveling, why not invest in. I, not not a doctor, but like the the IV treatments. You know, people like all these celebrities go out and party hard, and then come home, and then they get like the IV of like the vitamins, and they rehydrate. Why not look into that if you're if you're struggling on getting sick and traveling? Like this is not conducive of of, of a winning a team mm -hmm. and and form forming a winning roster, keeping them healthy and and spending the most money and trying to keep your players healthy. That'd be another area to look into. Team doctors, I I'm. As much as that's a meme, that might be that might be the, the next step. I mean, it's all a thing of resources, but yeah, like 100 very obviously. easy to imagine. Like if if this blows up, we get more uh, resources like there's so many avenues where you could improve the system from improved air travel, like private jets to like uh, improved practice areas to more staff especially like a, a cook that flies with them maybe or like a like an entire staff that just like regular sports teams have like the we we have the model in mind we just cannot you know like feasibly expect that to be the level of spending that a team has yeah i mean i think it's great i am surprised we aren't seeing more teams trying to figure out 
real consistent practice situation. I'm not saying that they aren't, but most most people that I, I, I tend to talk to tend to say like tend to say like, oh yeah, we're gonna reach out ahead of time and see if there's uh, you know, a a, mm-hmm. a, a land center that is yep. has some decent computers in that we can use kind of thing and 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 we'll just practice from there and i think that's probably going to be the bare minimum for the future i mean even you know esports you know veteran sir scoots coming out and kind of debating with hasher about you know how the csgo teams do things where they rent out an extra hotel room and put pcs in there they might not be the best they might not be up to like league standard but practice is practice and that that kind of says something for how much time you need to put in and how much time these players have been putting in and then to completely just hamstring that and cut it almost in uh, a severe present that kind of comes with its own weird stress where it's just like i'm not practicing you know you start to build almost like confidence issues because you don't have the same you don't you're not allowed the same amount of time to be putting into the game so you feel rusty you you don't feel like you're practicing you don't feel on your game because you've been practicing the last two, three, four years, depending on how long you've been playing for eight to 12 hours a day. Now you're practicing four, four hours a day, three days a week. It's a lifestyle thing. Like I, it's so big. I remember going from, uh, I was in college. So for me, it was like the, the parallel has always been being a professional musician. So in college, I was a professional musician in Minneapolis, sat in on studios, played in like local things and whatever. And you would do, you know, five to 10 hours of practice a day and no problem. You just woke up, you did your thing. It was your routine. It was part of you and started traveling over, over summers and, and non-semester times. And even during the semester sometimes, and all of a sudden your practice goes way down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, you play enough of the same things over and over again. There's like a, there's a second nature to it. Right. Where it's like, I don't need to practice the same 12 songs over and over. Like at one point you're just there, but uh, you get rusty, you get, you plateau at the very least. And uh, most of your pra- practice is maintenance, not improvement. Right. Yep. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how teams do it. We are running out of time though. And we've got two more matches to briefly talk about. Cause we're not going to talk about this one. Uh, NYXL versus Houston outlaws. Congrats. Yeah, NYXL. I'm sorry, dude, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, but the Toronto Defiant versus the Philadelphia Fusion. I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but I do want to mm-hmm. hear who you think is going to win and a brief <laughs> synopsis as to why. Yiska, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Um, let me see. So, um, wait, am I dumb? Uh, yeah. This is, I think this is pretty clearly uh, Philly, right? think so too joe do you agree yeah this is this is philly all the way i think toronto still has some looks to show i i think it'll be a victory for them if they can keep it close um but outside of that this should be very convincing like 70 30 75 you know 25 territory so yeah not 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 looking good for toronto i think the best thing they had going from them is that they they didn't lose to paris Right, like that's that's the yeah. best data point I can give at that point. Otherwise, everything else was just uh, okay. And I'm kind of I'm kind of over the Reaper. No more Reaper, please. No more. Joe's over. Yeah, it. that's that's interesting. I also think that stuff will be shut down by yep. like a competent McCree, like Carpe, and um, 
You can't you can't play that passively, that slowly waiting for sure force teleport every push. You have think, to be a little bit more proactive. I think this will be a good match. Like it probably like a three one or something like that. But yeah. um Toronto's good enough for one. I think that stuff that's the stuff where Toronto wins the first map, everyone adapts to that type of gimmicky gimmicky play, and then they get figured out and uh yep. All right, let's go to the last one then. The London Spitfire versus the Washington Justice. Joe. Mm. Oh, Joe, this is this is almost a a question of belief, isn't it? I can't as much as I can say, oh, Paris can shut down Corey, this that, you know. We we've we've talked about that kind of talking point. London does, at least from what we've seen, struggle with very open styles, right? We saw them kind of visibly flustered against Paris. They pull out the Sigma and King's Row. They're, they're constantly just pushing them in. J-Max dying left and right. Didn't look good. I think Washington can do very, something very similar with Corey. They're going to have a hard time shutting him down, even though, yes, I, I like Bernard a lot, right? But I think Washington at that point knows, okay, you know what? Corey's getting shut down. We have to find some, some, some value elsewhere. I think London's a weak enough team to either, and I don't like using this, but they're going to get inside their own heads by trying to shut down Corey. And if the, he just, if he just shifts gears and just doesn't flank, okay, now you just have Bernard just playing flanks, looking for this, this absent McCree and he's out of position. So he has to shift gears. So it's Bernard. just you need Bernard in your fights because J Mac isn't. Yeah, is he gonna just doesn't down. exist. He's just, and that's the thing, right? I think if you imagine, if like they kept gesture. Uh, I don't think I. To be completely honest, I don't know that it's that much better. You don't think so? Huh. I really I don't. don't know. Not on Ryan. Ryan was definitely his dude. It's his it's weakest Jay hero. Macarons, dude. I mean, it, 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 it is, definitely. I don't isn't, know, man. I think maybe, maybe I, I'm not giving J Mac enough credit. Or it's better. Too I don't know credit. if it's that much better. I just, I, I just, I, I at least know that. Uh, I don't know. I just like there's, there's. It'd be no, a different story if we could no play Arisa, Sigma. There's no, there's no confidence. There's no like survivability at the main tank role for London. One hundred percent, totally. And once your main tank's down and you've got a flanking diva, it's open season. Yep. You're clicking heads at that point. So yeah, this is, this is a justice win. I I'm interested to see how London reacts to this. Um, kind of, kind of narratively very similar to Toronto. I want to see London at least take a map. If they can't take a map, then uh, we've got some questions and, and it's going to be a, a, a fine tooth comb to figure out, okay, what is London really doing? Babel rookie. Looks okay, but is starting to fall in stocks. J-Mac, absolutely feeding his pants off. You know, pants on head type stuff. Bernard and Glister are trying to drag this team kicking and screaming over the line, and it's getting it's getting pretty heavy. Uh, Yiska, do you think that Agape and Pavane have something? that The, the coaching gods have something in their back uh, pocket? Like, what can you do? What do you I do want here? to, dude. I think Bernard has what it takes to shut down Corey. Sure, but um, the rest of that team, a lot of pretty it. tragic. Um, I mean, uh, the thing is, K 
can glist Glister theoretically has more pop-off potential than Cory. Let's just get it out, out of the way. He's more mechanically advanced. Oh my god, you're going to hate me for that comment. Glister is probably like at least like Carpe level popping off if he actually is on top of his game, which he wasn't so far. Mm. And I can understand that nobody buys that now. What he did in Contender's career was unprecedented like bullshit aim. Like, it, it, absolutely insane. So, um, I I think uh, I I'm, I try to talk myself into having like a spicy pick here, but overall, I think it's, I tried, it's still. Yeah, this, the, I wanted this to be my the my, justice our favorite, yeah. But I also don't want justice to be our new uprising on the show. You know, <laughs> or just like no, 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 no. Yeah, justice not- definitely won't be. I mean, in the sense I, that we just always pick against them. For, we always oh. find excuses for them to lose. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, we'll revisit this, you know, come, you know, week, whatever, down the road. And if we're still bending against them, maybe there's a reason for it. Or maybe it's just because we haven't seen them all that much. We saw them against, you know, two teams, one where they should have lost. They lost one where they should have won. They won. OK, yeah. everything's kind of panning out. We seem to have a pretty good read on where they're where they're sitting, at least after we saw them play. I, I yep. I'm pretty confident in, in both of these picks, but uh, I'll be happy to be upset because again, they're playing at home. We want these home crowns to work. So wins at home are definitely not something I'm upset with. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this is, uh, that one could be a fun one though. I think that there, there is, there are some totally. these, like cool, like outside worlds. Like what if, what if for some reason justice can't adjust to somebody really pressuring court Corey, I totally agree that Bernard is probably one of the most competent divas mm. in being able to do that. Uh, at least from what we've seen so far, which admittedly is a small sample size, but still, um, it's going to be exciting to see there. You have our picks for the week. We do have to get out of here though. It's, it's, it's time. We got a little long. I'm losing. I've, I've lost a step since not hosting on Monday, you know, we can't keep things under wraps here, but uh, we're going to get out of here. Big thank you to everybody who hung out today in chat. Y'all are the bomb. Um, just a quick reminder, bit.ly slash race the mayhem. Pledge a healthy goal per mayhem win. We'd love to compete with you. Get some cool uh, merch and stuff too. rep it. Be proud. Um, other than that, uh, Yiska, shout outs for the week. Where can people find you? Uh, as always, at Yiska, I'll check out GG Recon. Uh, I'll, I'm a little late, but it's it's because it's a lot. Um, I got another Too Long Didn't Watch um, that I'm currently making. I, I'll probably... Like, I'm not going to write every detail of how... Outlaws got boned by Washington, right? I'm just going to give you a thin- synthesis of like foreign words, and I'll be done with it. Uh, probably the same for Mayhem against uh, Philly, and then uh, the others. I I broke down a little more uh, in detail. Sweet, Joe. What about you, man? Uh, very similar. Uh, follow me on the socials at uh, Volamel. That's V O L A M E L. Uh, this week, I'm currently working on a hero pools kind of prediction think piece. Um, I random randomized a couple hero pools based on what we've seen so far in terms of pick rate. 
have kind of uh basically going to give examples talk about how each hero pool might work and then come to some conclusions um to prepare for next month because that's when we get hero pools and then probably going to be writing something about the new york fusion game and that'll probably close out my content week and then alternate overwatch history on the weekend cool awesome as for me you can find me everywhere at kick tripod twitch twitter instagram especially if you want to see my uh uh, race of the mayhem progress i'm going to be posting more things there uh for sure other than that uh, thank you everybody for hanging out for episode 78 don't forget our patron uh game night is going to be on friday 3 p.m pacific time twitch.tv slash kick tripod we do have some new patrons hunter tane pork chops chop sammy brand new patron producer sir Gerthalot, rymo and sarah <laughs> Sir what a name. Gerthalot. That's what I'm talking about. Sir nice. Gerthalot. Nice. Uh, thank you all for joining up with the Patreon. We really appreciate it. Hope to see you uh, for a game night on Friday. And also, if you're ever watching the games and you need a cool place to chill, yes, you can go. Don't worry. You just, just okay, go. okay. You can just go. <laughs> you has to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> uh, he's like, Guys, I gotta go. I'm gonna need a couple minutes after. <laughs> just like, just go. Uh, but yeah, a big thank you uh, to all of you as well as X Lakota, who I believe Blue met at the NYXL homestand. Yep, yep. Uh, they're a listener of the show and left a five star review and thanked you, Blue. So uh, thank you for that five star review. If you want to support the show, but maybe don't want to do it via Patreon or uh, the uh, subs on Twitter or Twitch, you can uh, just go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. I get a notification that you left one a couple days after you leave a message. You have to leave a message with that five-star review, and we'll thank mm. you on the show. Other than that, we're out of here, guys. Thank you so much for hanging, and we will be back for a brief post-show right after this. Do 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 do